I'm Ashlyn Keenan and you're listening to Every Moment the Podcast, now in its 11th season and supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland made with simply two ingredients and nothing else. When I had my daughter, I wanted something I could trust to use on her skin and Water Wipes were and still are the one. I once made the mistake of trying a different brand and decided never again. I didn't realise just how much of a difference there could be between two fairly similar brands, but it was huge. My daughter is now two and I panic if I don't have at least one pack of water wipes within line of sight. With that in mind, I'm happy to say this season is supported by that most essential of products for every mum, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2022, including Best Baby Wipes, they are ideal for delicate newborn skin. Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Every Mum, the podcast. We are already on our last episode of season 11, and I can't wait to bring you more episodes as we head into season 12 really very soon. But we wanted to round out this season on a high. And if I do say so myself, I think we might have achieved that. What a total and utter joy it was to interview this week's guest, a dream podcast interviewee. I spoke to Giovanna Fletcher, author, mother of three boys and host of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast. She's also married to Tom from McFly. So if, like me, you're a millennial mammy, that's maybe significant. But back to Giovanna. As the presenter of a parenting podcast, this was like speaking to royalty. We spoke about lessons we've learned through talking to so many people and experts about parenting and how the main takeaway always is that whatever you're going through, you're likely not alone. We talk about the importance of getting out in nature to fill your cup and how the idea of having it all is a total myth. That's something that Giovanna spoke about with Jerry Halliwell, no less, an actual Spice Girl. The episode is just like Giovanna, full of kindness and empathy and words of advice. So I really hope you enjoy and I can't wait to speak to you again for season 12. Okay, so Giovanna Fletcher, thank you so much for joining me on Every Moment the Podcast. I am so delighted to have you. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be here. And you know, when I was uh, when I was looking at getting you on the on the the pod, I was I said to the guys in Every Mom, I was like, look, you know, Giovanna has got a parenting podcast, so <laughs> is that going to be an issue? And they were like, absolutely not. We will have Giovanna. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, the fact that we cover similar topics, well, first of all, it means I have consumed a lot of your content, but also it just, I just, you have so much, you must at this stage have so much parenting expertise. Do you feel like your time on the podcast has given you it's loads interesting, of insight? isn't it? I think because it's not about being an expert, it's about just sharing your own experience. If anything, it's actually just made me realise that we're all going, I don't know, we're all yeah. just making it up and, you know, figuring out what works for us. Um, you know, and I've got three boys and I I know that they all need different things from me. They all, you know, that they all, 
have their own demands that are very, very different. And actually, I think the podcast, in a way, in, in a bigger sense than making me realise, you know, becoming an, an encyclopedia of parenthood, it's maybe kind of go. Actually, you've got to take away all the things that you think you and your kids should be doing. You've got to step away from that pressure, that way that it can give us like a false idea of what parenting is and what your role is and what family life looks like. The truth is family life is so messy and so chaotic for a lot of people. And I think when you've got that sort of Instagram online side of things where it's all very glossy and you only see pictures of people smiling, which is lovely on, you know, and they're talking about their kids and stuff. Actually, when you then go from looking at that to actually looking at your reality, it can be quite jarring. Um, so for me, it's been quite freeing having the podcast actually and kind of going, I oh, know this is actually, it's okay. Whatever's happening goes like that's, that's fine. Um, and I think having people say to me, you know, you've got to embrace the chaos or, you know, the, it's the chaos. You can't fight against that chaos. Not all the time. You know, you've got to pick your moments and sometimes that chaos should be celebrated you know so one that's the, what it's kind of taught me it's like it's funny because one of the things that interviewing all these parents and experts and you know all that kind of stuff has taught me over the the time I've been doing this is that not only are no two children the same but no two parents are the same and combined then you've got you've got a completely unique variant of what it means to parent and to be parented what other practical, if if any, practical lessons have your guests on um, the podcast taught you about, you know, any even small things that you've thought, I'm going to put that in the back of my head and use that later? Well, Matt Willis, who's a great friend of mine, um, but I think, you know, we've, uh, we've known each other for 25 years, but since having kids, uh, we probably don't sit down and actually, you know, you don't, you don't have that time mm-hmm. to just sit down and ponder about how you're doing and how you've got there. Um, but we had him on, I think, the beginning of not this series, series before. And he described parenthood as a service. You're providing a service for your children. You are there to serve them. Um, and that just, it it definitely did change something within my mind about mm-hmm. stuff. And it's kind of actually, it is, it's looking at it in a very different way, like that you're there to kind of help guide them and, 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 I don't know just that the idea of because you're not always going to be needed in the same way it's all always going to change but the idea of actually you being there to 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 serve them to be what they need of you um yeah for me that that was just such a lovely way of looking at it and I never you know of all the years of doing the podcast I'd never heard of someone describe it in that way and like you say no two parents are the same you know and the reason for that is that we've all had different backgrounds with our parents have always parented differently you know and um so I, I yeah so ha- having that from Matt um felt very wise I would say have you ever felt listening to a guest that you've had on because it's happened to me <laughs> have yeah. you ever felt oh my goodness I've been doing that wrong or I've been getting that wrong or, you know, because <laughs> sometimes I'll be listening to someone uh, like an expert or or someone who's, you know, really, really well up on, you know, whatever it is, potty training or sleep or whatever. And I'm going, I'm listening to what they're saying <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God, 
I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> look, you see, the thing is with potty training and sleep and things like that, I'm just a bit like, look, you've got to find what's right. And actually, I think because I started the podcast and sharing online because I'd read all the books before Buzz arrived, I'd read everything. And I, when he arrived, I had a certain expectation of how things were going to look. And it meant that I was no longer trusting my instincts on, you know, mm. what I yeah. felt was working. I was, yeah. I was thinking so much about what the book said or what, you know, David down the road thought or whatever it was and actually that kind of it closes off your mother mother's instincts and your intuition and stuff so I think because I'd tried to step away from that even when we have we never really ever talked to experts until about a year ago and we started you know focusing more on certain subjects within the main podcast we've now got parenting SOS Um, but my thing on that is that to kind of go this could work for you or it might not. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, take this. It's even like hypnobirthing, how I approached hypnobirthing. It was kind of like, this is this is the idea. This is what you're aiming for. Take the bits that resonate for you. Because if you're there going, oh, I can't do that because I'm not being pure. I'm not doing pure hypnobirthing. That is in, in itself, that is stopping you from doing what hypnobirthing makes you want to do. So it's all about finding that the stuff that works for you within that I'd say there's certainly been moments where guests have said something and it's flawed me like on an emotional level you know we've had um some amazing guests on talking you know especially about maternal mental health which I don't think we talk about enough like we can keep you know harping on about it and everything but I think there's so much shame that comes from um uh that comes from experiencing you know something that you you don't feel like is partnered with motherhood you know when from when I started uh when I became a mum I thought you know all I'd ever heard about motherhood was it it was amazing and how you know we are so lucky to be mothers we all know people that go through uh infertility and stuff and it is true that we are so lucky to have the children that we have but because of that because we have feel like we should be lucky we don't feel like we can go I am struggling because we don't want to make it seem like we don't fully, you know, appreciate everything that we have. And it's such a jarring thing. But so many women get to breaking point. So many women, sadly, take their lives because they they just there's this shame, there's this pressure. And we know that that's a fact because it's the leading cause of death in new mums within the first year. And that has not changed. Um, so for me, uh, I think the more that we can talk about maternal mental health and get that conversation out there, the better. And it is those those chats that kind of flow. Me. And what I've realised actually is that those conversations, it doesn't matter as a, as a mother or, you know, or a father or a carer. If you hear those conversations whether you're in it or whether you're past it, whether you're beyond it, whether you can look back reflectively, it feels like a healing process, weirdly. Yeah. It's kind of those thoughts or feelings that you had, you can now, it's almost like it's a validation. You know, it's kind of like within yourself that you are not broken because someone else has felt that. Some You're not on your own. And I think that's it's powerful no matter when you hear those, those words. It's kind of like, the idea of that two things can be true at once you know there's we're I think we're seriously lacking that at the moment particularly online there doesn't seem to be a lot of 
nuance or gray area oh, or all the caveating it, people need to do obviously you know. I love I'm not well you don't have to we know that you love your child you shouldn't have <laughs> yeah. to caveat that every time you know you want to tell me that you're a bit sad or that you know it's all gone a bit crazy or that you're you know you're finding summer holidays hard or whatever it is you know but we do we feel like we have to caveat everything mm-hmm. yeah we really do anytime I put up anything even vaguely remotely you know indicating that parenting might not be a complete joy all of the time I I do feel like I feel compelled to say oh but I I love my child and she's brilliant and it's amazing you know and actually I've what I have said over the course of time and I'm interested to know if if you felt the same way or feel the same way about being a parent I actually found the parenting aspect the actually dealing with my daughter and you know, working through the things that she needs to work through. I actually found that part okay. What I struggled with the most was the change in me and the mm. moving from who I was before I became a mother to who I am now as a mother and, and that whole change. Is that something that you went through, struggled with? Yeah. And also, so my kids are getting older, obviously, all kids are getting older. They're uh, nine, seven, and five. So the, the, with that comes the mother load, which is always there from birth. There's always, it's always there. Um, but I think uh, I miss the the freedom of the mind, if 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 that makes sense. Kind of, okay. and I think it is probably as a creative person as well. You know, I used to have so much space in there where I could just write books, or, you know, <laughs> and I'm still writing books. But it feels like a little bit more like going through treacle because I've got all this other stuff around and and that has a knock-on effect because you can't you're no longer the person that you were before and that's great got a caveat it great because I can't I don't want to be who I was at 18 or 20 and I think in life you go through things and you have to change you have to change your circumstances you have to change to your responsibilities you have to step up um you can know you can't stay stagnant I think you know that and and again I think we were brought up as a generation you know of uh when you've changed used to be something you said to someone it's like a little bit of a um, you know, you're putting them down, you've changed. Whereas now I think as, as parents, we've got to kind of go, yeah, I've changed. I've changed because I've got responsibility. I've changed because I know I'm going to be up at 6.30 in the morning and, you know, I want to go to bed at a decent time. I Yeah, you know, there's all these things that that's layered on in a way. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely feel that. And one thing I would actually say is that um, – the brilliant thing, I know that there's, you know, social media and everything gets, a, you know, gets slammed quite a lot, but communities exist within that that are really helpful and um, and they are really there for people when they need to be. But one thing I think I have seen a massive rise in that I think really helps is the comedy that is coming out of it. You know, like like the Sophie McCarthy, um, like, um, uh, um, uh, oh, my God. Mum still got it. Louise Boyce, um, like Mother Pucker when she originally first started. There's this, uh, oh, Mum with a mic. There's so mm-hmm. many who yeah, are yeah. bringing light to the things that we all experience, but doing so with humour. So you don't have people kind of feeling like anyone's going on or harping on or whining or whatever those those negative connotations are that us mums will get it's kind of seeing someone highlight something with humor just makes you go oh it's not just me and I like that I like the fact that we can laugh at ourselves and the situations in which we you know get ourselves in find ourselves yeah speaking of people online that are hilarious have you seen I'm sure you have 
the woman, I can't think of her name, but she basically teaches, she videos herself teaching her son these really, you know, useful, practical, helpful life skills. And then the camera kind of zooms in on her face as if to be like, I'm teaching my child this so that his future partner won't have to put up with his <laughs> his shit basically and it's it is just genius and it's so funny and the child is you know the little boy is doing his bits do you do you feel yourself like that mother you've got three boys do you feel a responsibility to raise those boys in particular to you know be to their future partners and be to this to society you know, good people that that have these skills that in previous generations they might have overlooked. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think being the only female in the house, I do feel like I want to raise my children to know that it's not a mother's role to do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's kind of things like I saw, I heard someone years ago say, "Stop saying for me. Will you make the bed for me?" Will you do the dishwasher for me? It's not for me. It's absolutely not for me. If you're doing something for me, you've been making me a cup of coffee while I sit down. Like for me, (laughs) it's not a thing. Like that doesn't exist when it comes to household stuff. Um, But I do the little wins. Like if they get up and make their beds, no matter how messy that bed is made, like, you know, they've made an effort. If they've flushed the loo, because there's obviously been a loo time trip, if they've done that, if they bring their plate over to the sink after dinner, like those little things. And it's, I think it's about, have putting those asks in place or can you lay the table can you do that and then building on it I think and and I'd love to kind of um think that when my boys leave home wherever they're going whether they're going to uni halls or whatever they're doing that they would be really good people to live with um but you know time goes by so quickly you know I've got a nine-year-old and I'm I'm already like (laughs) That that blows my mind because you're halfway to possibly leaving her. like that that blows my mind. Um so I think it's about, you know, with chores and responsibilities and stuff like that, it's a, for for me, it's about doing what I can mm-hmm. when I can. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but definitely and, and and also it's important for my boys to see that Tom does stuff. You know, it's not all on me. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. One of my my favorite one that she has taught her sons is uh, <laughs> when they see things on the bottom three steps of the stairs <laughs> to 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 see them to notice that they're there and to carry them up the stairs because I don't know about you but in my house that seems to be exclusively a mammy thing yeah it's absolutely crazy and the towel thing uh, you know I just you'd feel so much better tomorrow if you just picked up your t- I mean obviously the towel fairy comes so it's fine yes but why why does no one why does no one see that in the same way <laughs> think about how great you felt when you got out of the shower and that towel was nice and dry and warm wouldn't be if it just stayed on the floor <laughs> but the towel fairy the towel fairy comes <laughs> she comes out and until she stops coming the towels will no. stay on the floor <laughs> <laughs> do you know what though our boys are so like they're really good like, it only lasts a certain amount of time but if we kind of go right you're going to get 10p for every chore you do or you get a star mm-hmm. and we'll go to the arcade whatever that is they're if they've got an incentive they're mm-hmm. on it I know that in life they won't get that incentive, but my my dream is that they have that incentive enough that it becomes a habit. It but it can't become something they don't even think about. But I'm I'm not quite there yet. I'm working mm. on it. No, I am still. I I try to incentivize my two and a half year old, but then she just looks at me as if to say, 
do you think I was born yesterday? <laughs> and she does nothing. Um, but again, I have time with her, I think. Um, so I I, I just ha- I was having a look through your Instagram and, you know, the happy, ba- happy mom, happy baby Instagram and all that kind of stuff today before we chatted. And it struck me how to the outside world looking in, it seems as though you do it all. Like you've got your books, you've got your the the recent regatta great outdoors collaboration mm-hmm. that you've worked on just recently you've got the you've got your three boys you've got the podcast you've got you know you ha- have so many things going on and it often one of the things I ask all of the parents that I speak to is you know how do you do it all because there has to be I'm very conscious of showing other mothers other fathers other carers that you know it's not everyone doesn't have it all all at the same time mm-hmm, yeah. and pe- people have supports and people have you know but it's important I think to say that you know to say well actually I have childcare four days a week or actually I have really supportive parents or whatever so for someone looking at you thinking she does so much she's amazing she's got three boys how 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 what would you explain how would you explain that to them well a lot of the time I don't switch off so I'm constantly on uh, and that is a de- de- uh, detriment to myself. I would say that's that doesn't lead to being particularly happy. I would say you always feel like you've got something hanging over. Um, we have a great support network around us. That is, we definitely, and we've all, we've always said that we definitely could not do what we do without the people that help us. Um, so even that, like after school period, having someone else there to help with homework while you're cooking a meal, that's amazing um and uh yeah I mean me and Tom do do a lot of tag teaming essentially you know um we have both had projects where it it might mean that we're away for a while and we have to really like right now we're clearing things for 25 you know so already we're kind of like I need however many weeks here and you know so we're already planning ahead in that way and I think organization for us is everything like I've got to do lists coming out of my ears of just but that makes me feel organized you know if I can cross something off my to-do list incredible um I've literally spent the last two days doing paperwork because we are so rubbish and I've taken it upon myself so but I feel freer because of it yeah you know now everything is organized uh and it turns out that just putting things in piles of the same thing doesn't actually equate to things being organized and filed that's incorrect um so uh that I I do think for me it is is having that to-do list it is that support network and and actually Jerry Halliwell on on happy mum happy baby this week said uh, you know, the whole you can do all thing is a total, we're set up to fail. Well, you totally are. You can't yep. have it all. Or if you can have it all, you can't have it all at the same time. And, um, you know, I think what I've started to ask myself now, you know, because I'm quite a few years into this now, I guess, um, is so someone's asking me for something. What is the cost to myself? What is the cost to my family if I say yes? Um, and actually, I was asked in an interview once, and I don't know if the interview, if she just, worded it wrong but it's kind of lingered with me she said is there anything any opportunity you wouldn't sacrifice for your family and at the time I was really floored that she would ask me that uh-huh. and and I, and I don't even know what I said in response like fluffed something but I, it's just kind of made me so that's really hammered in now to my brain what is the cost and actually I I found myself 
over the last few months and last year really saying no to a whole lot more things like computer says no is one of my favorite and I say to people that I work with I'll say I'm really sorry but I'm in a computer says no phase like I, I literally the thought of taking anything else on is really overwhelming um so yeah I, I I'm and I think actually it's really important to be transparent in that way and and yeah. because of the way that we talk about mental health nowadays I think people are much more um open to hearing things like that you know and and we've got to stop making excuses for ourselves as women you know if we don't yeah. want to do anything something or if it's going to push us beyond our capacity then really we've got to stop being polite about stuff and go actually no yeah I've I've started to do that recently only very recently um and I, I'm like I'm 35 years in and I've only just learned how to say no and not to <laughs> qualify it with something yeah you know even for work I just say I'm unfortunately not able to do that or you know no I can't attend your event w- without saying and it's because of childcare or yes. it's because of you know without that kind of panic just say no just say no I, it's surprisingly difficult <laughs> yeah because we all feel we're just it's built into us that we have to be polite but we simply can't say yes to everything interestingly so um my next uh solo fiction so my next bit of work which was meant to be out this year but I've pushed it back for the foreseeable um the idea is the power of no it's fiction but the power of no and how saying yes to yourself saying no to other people is the biggest yes you can give yourself in a nutshell and while I was trying to write it, whilst being away on a play, whilst still trying to juggle the mother load of of stuff at home whilst being away, I just suddenly thought, no, no, I can't. I can actually, this is one demand of myself that's too great, actually. Um, so in a way, I'm hoping that when it is eventually finished, that I'll be able to use my learnings from saying <laughs> no and turning that into a bigger yes in, in you know, the completing of it. But um yeah it's definitely and I think maybe because of that book it's become it's been massively on my mind to sort of say no more um and to um yeah and to turn that into a yes for you <laughs> there's a there's a beautiful irony there I think I know <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is just one way that every mum supports you Another amazing way is our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland. To receive yours, register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. In order to be a fantastic mom, a fantastic wife, colleague, friend, family member, etc., you need to fill your own cup. You need to be able to pour from a full cup. What is it that you do um, to make sure that you're giving yourself enough time and enough energy and enough support and filling that cup up? It's interesting because I think for a long time I used to think of anything that was just for me as a bit. Uh, I used to feel guilty over anything I did for me. Um, but actually, I find great joy in getting outside and just because I, I think. And it's saying that's only hit me today. I, I think that if you go back, you know, centuries, I don't think we're meant to spend the amount of time indoors that we do. I think we are meant to be outside. We're meant to be enjoying nature. I think nature has so many calming qualities um, that we are meant to be in there and, and you know, getting energy from that. Uh, and actually, you mentioned um, the Regatta Outdoors uh, collaboration. And it's one of my 
the things I absolutely love. I, I absolutely love the fact that we're working together. I love the collection that we've built, but it's also that celebration of getting outdoors, so going outside and actually there is style based. There is, you know, the, the coats and everything, they are absolutely look beautiful. But I also, I love the fact that you can just chuck them on and go, whether that's chucking on and going to the school run or chucking on and going on an adventure outside. Um, you know, as a mum of three boys, I know they love being outside, um, but there is also a time limit or, you know, you've got to keep everyone warm. You know, you've got to keep everyone warm and you've got to have the hot chocolate in your bag if it's really, really cold. And I think that's also within yourself as well, because if everyone's dawdling a little bit, which they sometimes do, you know, suddenly they find somewhere that they can make a den or they find a worm, they really want it. So you've got to stay warm within that as well. Um, but no, I, I love uh, the fact that we have that partnership because I have a, a great love of being outdoors. And actually, I think one way, one way that I've found that makes me feel like it's not self-indulgent and uh, relieves the guilt <laughs> I feel of being outdoors and just loving it is I do treks for Copperfield. Um, so we go away twice a year, one in the UK, one week, uh, and then one week abroad. And um, so I head up these treks and have done since 2017. Um, and uh, and actually I worked out the other day that the treks have raised 3.6 million uh, since, you know, wow. you know, a trek with G experience, uh, which phenomenal. is blows my mind. Um, but basically we go and we just walk and talk. So Copperfield are a breast cancer awareness charity who uh, just want to make sure everyone knows the signs and symptoms. Because I think growing up, we would have been told it was a lump and it's, it was something that happened to older women. Actually, it's not just a lump. There's many signs and symptoms of breast cancer. Uh, for younger people, uh, it can be pain, um, but there's... Uh, change of nipple direction nipple discharge inverted nipple um uh like dimpling of the skin and also that thing of looking rather than just feeling um you know obviously there is a lump and also the fact that your muscle goes up to your collarbone and under your armpit uh it's not just old women it's everyone 400 men a year in the uk alone get diagnosed with breast cancer so it is that thing where um you know we have to be talking about it because if people are aware and they check themselves once a month at the same time. So it's the same part time in their cycle if 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 you're female. Um, and you're and you find something, you find something that's not your normal, because it's all about finding out what your normal is rather than kind of thinking what's the right thing. Uh, but if you know your normal and you can go to the doctor as soon as you know you found something that's not right for you, if you get an early diagnosis, that massively increases your chance of survival. You know, late detection is something that we don't want because late detection means you're getting a stage four diagnosis maybe okay. uh, so if we can get you know get you seen and diagnosed early that's what we want and also we all hope that you know if you find something it's nothing you know it yeah, is just like a oh isn't that a strange thing mm -hmm. um so it's not something to fear and like put fear of you know anything into people but uh it's just be aware of so the thing that those treks give me is this two weeks a year where I'm outdoors and I'm seeing the world and I'm just walking and talking with the most incredible people some of who have had breast cancer others they either know someone who has has had breast cancer and has had a, a, like a massive effect on them or they just want to challenge for themselves for no reason whatsoever and they've just chosen Copperfield as their um you know charity to raise money for uh, and I think because everyone comes with something whether they know what that is or not you know it comes spills out on the trek you just it just creates this amazing atmosphere you're outdoors the feeling of being outside 
with incredible views and like you know whether that's mountains or the sea whatever that is wherever we are because we've done coastal walks and we've done you know things up in mountains and stuff I think seeing that massive landscape makes you feel so small Uh and makes you therefore feel really insignificant in the best way ever because it feels like all of my all of your worries they shrink down with you Uh Uh, and and uh yeah it's it's a beautiful thing to 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 be seeing the world in that way uh, with the most incredible people it's it is it's a lovely thing to to feel small and to feel that there's something bigger than yourself going on you know yeah. in the world um but I, I do love how to kind of like it's a it, it's a fantastic thing Copperfield and what you do for them is fantastic but I, I love that you to kind of assuage your guilt you had to make it a charity endeavor <laughs> and like be like okay yes I'm going up a mountain but it's for charity guys so I have kids. to give myself I have to give myself two days afterwards to kind of just and I always say I'm going back home and I'm going to go sit in a black room for a little while and just yes because there's so much you know it's all it is it all gets really emotional and you know everyone just shares uh but it means that you you carry a lot and you yes. feel honored because you get to carry that yes uh, but at the same time I think it's just being able to kind of go and like let's let's close those doors and process this for a little bit and then go back to you know normality, normality I guess yeah <laughs> One of the things that I saw um, when I was having a look through Instagram was there was this, there was a post that you put up and I you, and you probably don't even remember it, but it was, I read the first line of the caption resonated with me so much. And you just said, who are you besides mom and dad? Mm. And that one sentence, that one question, I just was like, oh, that's a big one. Like, and I don't think a lot of who parents are asking are? themselves, this is, this is what I mean. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I know yet. You know, my my daughter's only just two and a half and I'm still I'm still finding that out. So mm. I found that a really, really provocative and uh, interesting question that it actually stopped in my tracks. You know, it's not often that you'll be scrolling and, and something like that will actually stop and make you put your phone down and have a think. I guess it goes I, back to what we were saying earlier yeah. as well about how motherhood changes you. Because yeah. I, I imagine you have the same thing with your daughter. I have those moments where like we'll be talking and with the kids and all of a sudden I'll feel like that's me. There's a, mm. there's a bit, there's, there's another, that's another side of me that you don't get to see because yeah. I'm always mom and I'm, you know, on your case about homework or I'm cooking your dinner or, I'm, you know, doing that. So there's mm. an element of freedom, I think, that comes when you are able to just be other versions of yourself at home as well. Yeah. And it it made me, I think, becoming a mother made me see my own mother very differently in the mm. sense that I was like, oh, she was someone else before I came along. And she was so she she still is someone else, even though I'm here. And, you know, it, it kind of makes you look at people uh, who are parents a little bit differently. Do you find now that your children are how old? Is it five, seven and nine? Yeah. Do you find that you have more of yourself um pre-children coming back or do you feel like you've managed to merge the two or what stage of that do you think you're at I think we're ever evolving and I find bits of her her, the old one yeah (laughs) coming through um but it what I find fascinating is that when those moments of just pure fun when you're not risk assessing or doing all that other stuff 
the look on the kids' faces when you are just being that other version of you that you would have been beforehand, it blows my mind. You know, like like last night, we were all just being really, me and Tom were pretending we knew how to speak French, like from the very bad French that we remember from school. <laughs> and the fact that we were talking some French that they kind of understood just blew the kids' mind a little bit. <laughs> but also the fact that mum and dad were being silly together, which we would normally do. But mm-hmm. because of the parent load and the different demands, and, you know, we're lucky if we kind of have a proper conversation in front of them because it's always mm-hmm. one of them to kind of take your focus and everything like that. Um, yeah. See, so yeah, I do think, I think it, in a way it's about awakening the parts that were there before some will go and and I think it's about being fine with that I think becoming a mum um it does make you prioritize it makes you let go of a lot of noise um that we would have been fed growing up um you know I know I no longer worry about certain things I would have done before I think we're brought up to obsess over what other people think of us or you know what we look like or all these things that we tell ourselves we have to be. And I think motherhood kind of, for me anyway, has kind of shut that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that always remains shut down. Um, but I think so. it's about taking some bits with you. And I know that I have, and I know that I said that about the playful side. And I think maybe actually what I've realized is that I was more playful when they were younger and as they're getting older and they are still so young, but because there are different pressures, because they all have homework twice a week and their spellings and they've got to be doing the multiplications and they've got to read every day. I feel like the taskmaster. I feel like I am constantly and it's, and I, and I kind of want to say, but this isn't for me. This is the pressure that this, I, this is not for me. I don't mm-hmm. want you to be doing this. I want you to come home and I want you to just go play outside and be free and be a child. That's all I want. But there's another pressure that makes me have to be this person. So actually, I think maybe I had, although I felt lost in some ways, I think maybe I had that playful side of me was allowed to be, like to come out more in those early days. And then because there's a different pressure with school, I feel like, I when the summer holiday hits or we're about to go into half time I think when that hits there's a freedom that comes within that again because all those other bits aren't there mm-hmm. <laughs> um so uh yeah and 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 as they get older I guess yeah I think we're ever evolving and it's good mm-hmm. to let go of some bits and keep hold of some other bits um but I mean yeah me and Tom have been together uh 20 years this week and I think um wow. yeah we've known each other for 25 years since we were 13 and I think it's definitely made us kind of go, there's been so many different versions of us, mm-hmm. you know, along the way. Always the same core, you know, you're the same person at the core of who you are, but so many different things and, you know, storms that you've got to weather and tools that you've got to pick up. And um, yeah, so I don't mean, I'm looking forward to ever evolving and changing, but keeping my core. <laughs> yeah. I do know it's funny that you should say about yourself and and Tom being together 20 years. Someone asked me recently if I thought that becoming a parent had changed my relationship with my husband. And I kind of, I kind of, I kind of thought, well, how could it not change everything? You know, how, how could a, a relationship go through something like that and not completely change? But you're right in what you say, like some of the stuff between myself and my husband, like showing our daughter that we're, a, a, a couple as opposed yeah. to just two people who live together to you know provide for her or whatever I think that's really important is there anything 
that you want to show your boys between yourself and Tom that you think it's important for them to see, you know, whether that's you guys being friends or whether it's you guys being united in your mm. disciplining or in whatever, you know, is there anything that you want to show them about yourselves as a couple that you think is important? I think before having kids, we used to laugh all the time. Like we used to say that laughter is the biggest thing, you know, being being friends. And then I think this extra responsibility comes along. And I think for a while we were lucky if we looked in each other's direction. Um, but I think for our kids, it is that united front. It's the fact that, you know, our youngest, Max, he went through a period only a little while ago. He kept going, can I marry you, mummy? Oh, I can't because oh. daddy's all married, already married, uh, married oh. you. And then ask the question, why did you marry daddy? And it's such wow. a sweet thing. <laughs> yeah. Why did you marry him? Um, so for us, I think, I I hope that our kids take our, the fact that we're a team, you know, and, and I know that, you know, because of our jobs, we might not always be at home at the same time, but if we're not there, we're still so present, you know, and, um, and I want our kids to, to, to realize that, that even in absence, you're a team player. Um, <laughs> but the, the fun factor has to be there. You know, what, what is love? Love isn't all gooey eyes and, uh, you know, touching each other all the time. Uh-huh. I think love is, uh, being kind to each other and uh-huh. it's the small acts that, mean so much you know it's about not having to ask for a coffee and someone just providing it for you um you know it's it's those little things so yeah I I I would hope that our kids see that there's a lot of love around them um but then they've got a friend at the moment so our one of our best friend's daughters is 14 and it blows their mind that she is now older than we were when we got together it's like whoa so we could be we could meet our partners like soon we're like yeah isn't that crazy that I that actually is pretty that's huge that's a massive yeah. thing yeah um and the fact that you've been together for that long like you know I, I would like you said there's been many versions of yourselves mm. as a as a couple and I feel that way too um I feel like my husband and I have gone through phases of you know again phases where we don't really look at each other and don't want to look at each other and then phases where we feel really close and really solid um one of the things that I feel or you know see as important in in raising my my daughter is um a friend of mine said to me recently well you you should never fight in front of your children and I said well that's not I mean that's not real life and that's not very practical either um but what I see as important is showing healthy conflict resolution among among the two of us is that something that you've had to be mindful of with your with your boys showing them that this is you know you will have disagreements with people you will have problems but this is how you resolve them absolutely you know and I think if you've got more than one child it's impossible for them not to argue you know Mm -hmm. so they argue Mm -hmm. with each other so if they're doing that they've got to see that the adults in the situation can also not agree on stuff but how do we handle that not agreement like not agreeing I mean come on we all get tired we all get bogged down with stuff there's always you know that little bit of um 
I want to say resentment, but it's not resentment. I feel like you have to, in life, be kind and thoughtful to so many people. And there's always going to be that one person that gets the brunt of your pissed offness. And they might not have done anything, but they're the person that you're just not giving kindness to today. (laughs) Until then, Tom, and it takes one of you to go, you're right. (laughs) You know, yeah, thing for so long. But I think one thing me and some have always been really good at, actually, it's kind of going, I'm so sorry, I have been a bit of a plonker. Um, so I think that, and actually, I can remember years ago, we bought, um, it was a, it looked like a Christmas hat, but it was actually uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It was a grumpy hat, so it had grumpy written across it. And we used to have a grumpy mug, like a mug with grumpy, the little character on it. And if either of us were, you know, being particularly grumpy, we'd, mm-hmm. the other one would just go, oh. Guess who's drinking out the grumpy mug when we get home? And you'd literally, mm-hmm. it would yeah. just dissipate the situation straight away. It would just kind mm-hmm. of dissolve the issue. It would just make you kind of look in and go, I'm so sorry. You're so yeah. right. I am. Um, so, I, yeah, I, th- I don't think you can have a, a relationship, be in a relationship for as long as we have mm-hmm. without holding yourself accountable for certain stuff and just kind of going, I'm, I'm you know, holding hands up and going, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And I hope the kids see that I, I am the same actually so my parents divorced and I you know when the kids were younger me and Tom were always like don't see them to see us you know arguing you know because mm-hmm. that's I can remember that from my mum and dad and you know not always feeling like we didn't know what was going on in the situation so sometimes that would be really scary and mm-hmm. um, so we never I mean me and Tom aren't really a shouty couple anyway yeah um yeah. You know, so it's more of a, you know, just a passive aggressive type. <laughs> you know, <just> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just, just minor. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I, 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 we were the same. Whereas as life goes on and you're having, you know, conversation, yeah, yeah you do, you do. And it's, but I think the, you're right. Showing the resolve is, is just as important. Mm-hmm. I, we're nearly done and I've I've asked you enough questions um I'm sure you're just sick to the eye teeth of talking about parenting things but from one parenting podcast host to another I need to ask yes were you nervous interviewing Princess of Wales Catherine <laughs> because I I was nervous for you when you were doing that I was like I don't know what it is I have this a total fascination with royalty and and Catherine is one of my favorites and when I saw that you spoke to her, I was like, oh, my God, she must be so nervous. How was that? Was that exciting? I was I was absolutely, well, just I was so, so nervous. And it was my birthday. Yeah. And um, we were, so we, originally we were meant to record the week before, um, but she'd had to cancel a royal engagement somewhere. No, we were meant to do that day anyway, but we ended up being, she was on a royal engagement in a nursery, so we ended up recording it there. There was okay. still China Cups, which, you know. I don't know about you, but I don't put out China like no. tea and saucer for a cup of saucer <laughs> for anyone. Um, so it, it was definitely, definitely felt like a very different setting. Uh, and she'd never done anything like that before. And I think there mm. was a sense of responsibility, you know, uh, responsibility. And I felt really honored that she'd or her team had chosen the podcast for her to have this first big chat. Um, so there was so much going on. Um, and actually, I think in the lead up to it, because I'd, um, you know, I'd put together my normal, uh, I always get lost in this word, not schedule, plan, plan, plan yeah, of yeah. what I would be asking and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, 
I'd sent that across to her team. Uh, and uh, I know that when she was being briefed, Prince William came into the room and uh, said to her, um, don't worry, essentially don't worry about, you know, holding back, just speak normally. And if we want to afterwards, we can just edit, we'll ask them to edit it out. So just speak freely. Um, so I'd known that before going into this podcast. So I did feel that had eased my mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd said that. And also I always feel like if I'm nervous, I'm going to say that I'm nervous. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Like I, yeah. you know, yeah. And um, so I start. I definitely started the podcast by saying, gosh, I'm really nervous. And she reciprocated that and was like, I'm really nervous as well, great, uh, which felt great because then we're just kind of leading each other through. And I think there's an amazing thing that happens when you're talking about parenting to another parent. You've got so much to chat about. You know, you've, mm. you're, there's so much that you that you share in that way. Um, so once it felt like, you know, we were two mums nattering, although, you know, yeah you know to a certain extent um yeah that that kind of eased a bit and I've seen her since actually and it was so lovely um uh yeah she I I didn't realize you're not actually meant to touch royals but I think she hugged me is my okay okay that's that's the party line and that's what we're telling (laughs) everybody yes she hugged me she she touched me first (laughs) and it would be rude not to hug her back I mean that would be can you imagine just holding back all right all right Catherine gosh she's off (laughs) Giovanna thank you so much it has been absolute pleasure to speak to you today and best of luck with the regatta great outdoors collection um I know it's it's kind of current it's happening right now as we speak um so best of luck with that and i look forward to many 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 more episodes of happy mom happy baby as well so thank you so much thank you very much it's been an absolute delight thank you thank you so much for listening and to water wipes the number one baby wipe in ireland for their support their wipes are made with simply two ingredients 99.9 percent water and a drop of fruit extract. And they are also plant-based and plastic-free. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate, or leave a review. You can share this episode across social if you like, and you can get in touch with the guest on social media, and their handles will be in the show notes. 